Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us today as we talk about the COVID vaccine rollout in Pennsylvania and answer your questions. I'm Krista Shoemaker-Debris, COVID team leader for the USA Today Pennsylvania Network of, of Publications. And joining me this morning are Samantha Ruland with the York Daily Record, Devine Kirks with the Beaver County Times, um, and from the Bucks County Courier Times and the Intelligencer, Joe Chevalier and Marion Callahan. They are all part of the team covering the COVID pandemic statewide and in their communities. And uh, I'm going to get right into it because I'm sure everyone who's joining us this morning are eager to get their questions answered. Um, so we are about two months into Pennsylvania's COVID vaccine distribution efforts, and I don't think it's going as smoothly as some people um, have hoped. Sam, I'll start with you. What, what's the latest on the, on the vaccine rollout efforts in Pennsylvania? So right now, by the end of this week, Pennsylvania should have received or should receive about 3.1 million doses of the vaccine. And of that to date, they've administered about 2 million of those shots. It's about 1.5 million for first doses and about 540,000 second doses, meaning those people who've received the second doses are about fully vaccinated. Now, if you look at it in terms of how many doses have been administered, that nearly 2 million, Pennsylvania would rank sixth in the nation for the most amount of doses administered in that sense. But if you look at it based on how much our allotment is right now, um, we've only used about 77% of the doses that have been distributed to PA. So in that sense, we rank 45 in the nation for using our a lot of doses quickly. That seems to be the biggest problem in PA right now. Okay. Um, last week, the state announced a mix up with some providers. Devine, what happened and how is that impacting supply? So last week we found out that after weeks of the Department of Health adamantly telling providers, one, that they would definitely be getting second doses, and two, to administer what they had as far as first doses as quickly as possible, that a chunk of unnamed providers um, believed to be pharmacies across the state were administering their second dose as a first dose. And now please understand, there is no difference between the two doses. They are the same amount of vaccine and the same strength of vaccine. However, the allotment problem is that these doses were set aside for people to come back in four weeks because this happened exclusively with the Moderna vaccine. Um, and so now the department is having to reallocate shipments so that people who need a second shot that is no longer available um, will be able to get that in the 42 days that the CDC recommends that a person receive their second dose by. Okay. Um, now, Marion, you've been covering the vaccine situation here in Bucks County. Um, where and how are people getting their vaccines? So um, in, in Bucks County, and I, I know a few surrounding counties, um, they are getting the vaccines from um, authorized providers, um, and they are providers that have been approved by the state. So the state gives the vaccines directly to the providers, not to the counties. So um, people are getting the vaccine at Rite Aid, at, at the giant pharmacy, at, at local private um, pharmacies, at the large um, hospital systems across um, Bucks and Montgomery County. They uh, have pretty pretty much gotten the most um, of the vaccines coming into the county. And um, so people are going to um, their local hospital, but some who are heading there are finding out that some of the hospitals are reserving 
those vaccines for um, affiliated doctors' practices, um, of course, for all of their healthcare workers. Um, but that's changing. Um, as of, I think, Friday, there have been a couple of hospitals that are now reaching out and saying, listen, we are going to vaccinate um, uh, you know, 1A um, uh, eligible patients from across the county. But um, again, like with all the other providers, including the county, uh, they can only vaccine. They can only vaccinate um, uh, if they have enough vaccines, and no provider in this county has enough vaccines right now. Um, one thing I'll, I'll, I'll add this quickly: that um, Bucks County, um, the health department, which is one out of dozens of um, providers in the county, they opened up um, three public vaccination clinics. Um, but they are appointment only. You can't just um, walk in. You have to uh, pre-register with the county's um, portal and wait for an email, not to share the link once you get that email for the appointment. Um, and then you can go to one of the three Bucks County Community College campuses to get that vaccine. Okay. Um, a lot of people are still hesitant to get the COVID vaccine. Um, Joe, what are some of the side effects that have been reported with the vaccine? So most of the side effects that I've heard from people who've had the first dose of the vaccine are a, mostly a sore arm. Some people have had a very slight fever, others maybe um, a feeling of tiredness, not unlike what many people experience after getting a flu vaccine. Uh, I am told that it's the second dose of vaccine that you get within 42 days that the side effects can be more pronounced. Uh, again, more of a, maybe a sore arm for a longer period of time, maybe a day instead of a few hours. And, uh, you know, fatigue, extreme fatigue, um, maybe some, you know, fever, uh, and mild congestion, that kind of thing. Thanks, Joe. I know my mom got her second dose over the weekend. She was tired, but she actually felt pretty good. So that was good to hear. Um, Devine, you've actually received your first dose of the vaccine. What was your experience like? So um, it it was a frustrating experience trying to find an appointment. Um, so I'm 38, but I have several uh, comorbidities that put me in uh, in the 1A category. Um, so I, I didn't jump the line. I didn't know anybody. Um, but I was trying because of uh, some lung issues that I have to, to get early so that I could uh, feel safer about being able to go out into the public. And a friend had reached out from a former job whenever she, she had heard the frustration I was having trying to find a vaccine appointment for myself and for my senior citizen father. Um, and she was one of the folks who just would sit there and reload the Giant Eagle and Rite Aid maps over and over again to try and get people appointments. Because unfortunately, that's how a lot of folks have been able to get in is because they've had somebody who has open time that they can just refresh, sit in a digital line. Okay, there's no appointments here. Um, I live um, in Western Pennsylvania by Kennywood Park. And the closest appointment that we were able to find that day was in Butler County, an hour and 15 minute drive. So I went up for my first dose, um, pulled into a Giant Eagle parking lot, um, got there early, which anybody who knows me will tell you that's a miracle. And went in, spoke with the pharmacy technicians, uh, sat and waited, uh, filled out some paperwork, 
it was really simple. A pharmacist came out and talked to me for a minute, asked me if I had any allergies, and I have had uh, anaphylactic reactions to some antibiotics in the past. So after they gave me the shot, I had to sit for a half an hour instead of just 15 minutes to make sure I was okay before I drove back down here to Pittsburgh. And you know, overall, like they gave me my vaccine card, which is just a simple uh, piece of cardboard that has your name, the date and lot number of your vaccine, um, and told me to come back in four weeks, which will be this afternoon, actually, as soon as we get off of this call. And, uh, you know, the only side effect I had the next day, uh, my arm was a little sore, and I had a low-grade headache, but that could just be, a, you know, from any of a, a variety of things. So it was a pretty straightforward and easy process, honestly, once I was able to get the appointment. Okay. Um, so Sam, who, who can get the vaccine right now? So Devine did mention that we are in phase 1A. So when the vaccine plan for Pennsylvania originally was released, that really just included frontline healthcare workers who were working or more susceptible to being kind of in contact with COVID patients. But as the CDC has adjusted their recommendations for who was able to get the vaccine in those categories, so is Pennsylvania. So right now that is still frontline healthcare workers, it's long-term care facility residents, and most recently it's those 65 and older or those between the ages of 16 and 64 who have an underlying health condition that would put them at higher risk. So that's, you know, kidney disease, there's cancers included in that. Um, obesity was listed as one of those conditions and smokers were also put in that category. Um, so right now phase 1A is about 4 million people. And so that's a lot of people right now. And, you know, as we said, Pennsylvania is a little slower with that rollout, but the Department of Health is still anticipating that by the summer, the general public should be able to get the vaccine if they want it. That looks like it's going to really be determined by kind of March and April, it seems to be what they're looking at to determine if that is a possibility. But right now we are still in that first phase 1A. So there's kind of a long way to go before the general public gets it, but that's where we are right now. Okay. and and. Sam mentioned long-term care residents. Um, Joe, how are nursing home residents and staff getting their vaccines and how is that rollout going? So about 80% of uh, the state's uh, roughly 1900 nursing homes, long-term care, uh, personal care, uh, assisted living are getting their vaccines through what's called the Federal Va Pharmacy Partnership, which is um, a federal program using CVS and Walgreens and they are doing, they are bringing CVS and Walgreens staff into the homes, uh, into the facilities to administer the vaccines. Um, at least three clinics they'll be having. Now, uh, the state has, uh, the Wolf Administration has said, all of the state's 692 nursing homes have completed their first doses. They're now uh, about 70% done their second doses, and that would be for staff and for residents. And among uh, uh, the assisted living and personal care homes, uh, which are under the jurisdiction of uh, Department of Human Services, about 70% 
have completed their first vaccine dose clinics. Um, and they're just, many are just starting their um, second dose clinics. There's a lot of uh, questions though about what happens after the third clinic, you know, when the federal partnership wraps up as new employees and new residents come into facilities, how they are going to be vaccinated. Uh, that is an unanswered question at this point. Okay. Thank you, Joe. Um, Marion, can I go to another county or another state to get a vaccine? Yes. Um, yes, you, you actually can. I, I, I don't, I, it's a matter really, it's, how do I categorize it? It's like the wild west out there with vaccines. You know, the, the direction is you're supposed to stay within county. But um, I spoke to a woman last week who registered her. She's 65 years old. So she was looking for a vaccine for herself and her 89 year old father. Um, she called every drugstore, every grocery store, every hospital. Um, and she had absolutely no luck. Um, then she reached out to St. Luke's in Bethlehem. And within an hour of... Um, signing up, I'm sorry, within an hour of, um, of registering, she heard back and her father was able to get a vaccination. Uh, so there are people who are having success in other counties. There are people who are having success in other states. I spoke with a local couple um, at, at who is like, they were in Florida on a vacation and they were both able to get the vaccine. Um, so I think that that people are still reaching out um, in many directions because you know, frankly, there is no one stop um, shop in, in Pennsylvania to get the vaccine. There's no one place to register for all of the providers. You have to register individually for the providers. And if you don't have the that provider list um, from the state, which I'll make sure that we include in the comment section of this Facebook Live, um, then you're just kind of left to call around blindly. And that is not easy. Um, for for anyone, um, but especially not for the older population. Okay. Um, and, and one last question before we get to our, our viewers. Um, and Devine, you've done quite a bit of reporting on the, the distribution and, and how, where these vaccines are going and, and which providers in which counties. So, so how is Pennsylvania distributing the, the vaccine? Who's getting it and is it equal? So, um, there has been a lot said about uh, the Department of Health's intent for this to be an equitable distribution. But when you look at the numbers, that's, that's just really not happening right now. Um, there are a few different facets that they're distributing to. Um, there's healthcare systems, um, which in some cases, like Geisinger in Danville, where it's being sent to one hospital in a system, and then that hospital is doling it out to satellite hospitals. Uh, we didn't see that in Western PA with UPMC, where every hospital got its own allotment. But we did see that um, in different places in uh, Lehigh Valley and, as I said, in Geisinger, Danville. Um, and then we're also seeing it at uh, pharmacies. Um, the, there's a retail partnership with Rite Aid and um, the Topco pharmacies, which are your giant, your Weiss's Markets and your Giant Eagles. Um, last week, because of the mix-up with uh, some providers giving second doses, Topco pharmacies didn't get any vaccine, which has made getting an appointment a little bit trickier. Um, but what we've found from looking at this is that there are parts of the state that are getting more vaccine. Um, and 
you're not necessarily seeing that translation as to more residents getting vaccinated. Uh, part of that is because of, or so the Department of Health tells us, is because of the healthcare systems and how they're distributing it. Uh, we've written um, several stories on the team about how different healthcare systems are making sure that everybody inside their system, regardless of what phase they're in, gets a vaccine before they go out into the community. And that, that's played a role as well. Uh, but for the most part, and I know a lot of folks um, I see in our comments that a lot of folks are frustrated about not being able to get an appointment. Um, there are 100 doses being given each week to about 191 Rite Aids and about 150 to 200 um, grocery store pharmacies. And those are designed to try to get uh, shots in the arms of, of the general public. Um, as the weeks move on, we're also going to be seeing more vaccine going, uh, coming from the health systems into the communities. I know um, the UPMC hospitals are starting to do community vaccine clinics. Um, and, you know, the state has, is insistent that this is, this is equitable. But when we look at our rural communities, um, you know, six weeks in, and, and we're 10 weeks in now, um, but six weeks in, there were still four counties that had received no vaccine. And some counties where one doctor's office maybe received one or 200 doses. So the, the state has, has some work to do with stepping up to make sure that everybody's getting an equal opportunity to be vaccinated. Well, thank you, Naveen. Um, so I'm going to go to some of the questions now. We have one here from John. Um, will appointments get easier because it's nearly impossible now? Um, Sam, what, what is the state saying about that? Right now, the state has said that they're prioritizing trying to make communication better. It, you know, it doesn't really seem like there is a good answer to this question, unfortunately, because it does have to go, as Marion pointed out, through individual providers. The state has been very adamant about not creating a centralized system. They've expressed that maybe further down the line, that's something that they'll consider. But in the time being, they said that they don't believe that that is going to help make things go any quicker. So right now, you really do just have to, you know, either wait online and, you know, try to get there when appointments fill up on either, you know, whatever kind of website you're looking on or know the number to call. And there really, really isn't any answer about how appointments will be made easier. I think maybe some of the best things for people are to know some of the numbers to call, which sometimes it could be as easy as just calling, you know, your county. If you're, you know, either your county's health department or, you know, your county commissioners, if you don't have a health department and hopefully other people can direct you to kind of signing up. But online things do fill up very quickly and they're just really right now is no answer as to when it's going to become easier for people, unfortunately. I know it's a frustrating answer, but that's just kind of what we're seeing. Now, um, I understand that some providers can kind of tighten their their 1A restrictions. Devine, can you kind of comment on that, on what you're seeing in some some instances? Sure. Um, like, in, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about Western Pennsylvania here because I'm a little more familiar with theirs. But for instance, the Allegheny County Health Department, they have only put their vaccine out to those 65 and older. The 16 to 64 with 
health conditions aren't eligible to come to their clinics. Um, UPMC last week um, up in Erie and uh, Erie, Mercer and Lawrence counties at, at those properties, they started reaching out to those 90 and older only. Um, Heritage Valley Health System, they started out with 80 and older and now they're moving to 74 and older. Um, so there is a, uh, as long as it is not including people not in 1A. The individual providers can sort of say, no, you know, we're going to only do people who live in our community first. Um, I know that that's also been a thing is that some providers have been a little bit geographically uh, specific. And, you know, there is this movement now to require all providers to also have a phone line for people to be able to call in so it's not so tech heavy um, and that requiring that you need somebody who can sit on a computer and search all day. But, you know, some of the these providers tend to make additional appointments open early, earlier in the day and sometimes late at night. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so we have a, a great question here from from Anthony. Political figures are going to be blamed for the unsteady rollout of the vaccine. Is that a fair criticism or is this rollout more complex than we want to know about? This is a pretty heavy question. Sam, I'm going to actually start with you. And then I think David wanted to, to chime in on this too. It's hard to say, I guess, where the blame exactly should go. But at least I'm looking at it as the Department of Health and Governor Wolf are the ones who have had a lot of say in kind of mapping out this plan. So if you are looking at kind of who's to blame, not this, you know, it's hard to say, yes, they are to blame, but they are the ones who are making these decisions of who gets to become available for the vaccine. They're the ones who have decided that they don't want to create a centralized system. So I think if anything, it's more so the Department of Health and say Governor Wolf less than say, very localized representatives. It doesn't seem like they have any say in it either. It seems like they want to help uh, people in their communities get vaccines who want them. That's where I'm saying, you know, on the county level, we've seen, you know, commissioners who, you know, in counties where they don't have a health department trying to direct people to get a vaccine or pointing them to the information. I see that some people have been asking about appointments and sometimes that's just, you know, if you're in a Wellspan or a UPMC area, calling those num their numbers directly to call, which we can add in. But in terms of political figures, I would say that, you know, local representatives really don't have a say in making these decisions either. It's kind of coming from Governor Wolf and his administration and the Department of Health. And Devine, would you agree with that assessment? I think so. And I think that we also do have to look at federal government here as well. You know, we talked for months about a vaccine coming and a vaccine coming and there's just not enough of an allotment coming from the federal government. Um, I think that the Department of Health, and they've openly admitted this, there are some major communication issues that they've had with providers, hence how we had the, the mix up with first and second doses. Um, one criticism that I hear a lot is that the federal government is not being forthcoming with how much is coming and those, those shipments change they'll expect to see one amount and they'll make plans for it and then a different amount will come or they'll get more and then they have to figure out who's gonna get more. Um, I think communication has been a real issue in this rollout and that is our state leaders and our federal leaders here. Um, and I, I echo what Sam said, you know, here in Beaver County, our, our commissioners have absolutely no power because like most of 
the state, our county does not have a health department. And so these commissioners are working with local medical systems and advocating to the state saying, and to their Congress people saying, hey, we need more vaccine here. And I, at the end of the day, I think that's the biggest problem is that we're just not getting enough vaccine for the number of people that we need to get vaccinated. Uh, Marion, you've had a lot of experience talking to the folks in Bucks County. What what are the, what are they saying, and what are the what are your thoughts on that? So it's interesting, you know, about the discussion about pointing the blame. I know that um, the county has taken some heat. Um, however, I think it's really important to note that again, like, like what's been said, um, the providers are getting the vaccine directly from the state, um, and it's not the county that's prioritizing you know, those in um, 1A, it's the individual um, providers that are left to do that because there has been no uniform direction from the state on how to prioritize a very large population. And that population tripled um, when the state expanded the eligibility, you know, leaving a lot of providers, including the county, which only gets 14% of the vaccine, to decide how to prioritize with a very limited amount. Um, something else um, to mention, uh, the state, again, authorizes these providers and, and then sends the vaccine to them. But the what they provide to them is not predictable. So often they do not know, um, in the county, the hospitals, the pharmacies, they don't know how much they're getting until the week before. And um, that does not give them a whole lot of predictability when planning out and scheduling appointments. Um, and if, there's, if there are any weather issues or like uh, the, the other um, Moderna stuff, uh, you know, problem, when those challenges come up, it even it further backlogs it. Uh, so um, there's a whole lot of complexities here. Um, one thing that's, that, that's not helping is the lack of clarity as to which providers get the vaccine. You know, in, in here, here in Bucks County, you know, clearly the health department's got about 14% of the vaccine, but 86 go, 86% goes to other providers, including, and I saw like on the list, we have a pediatrician's office. You know, we have a, um, an orthopedic um, office. We have a dermatologist um, that are getting the vaccine um, before certain pharmacies. Um, we, we do have private pharmacies. Again, um, how, um, how these providers are able to secure the vaccine when I know a lot of um, uh, physicians, uh, family practices have been trying and um, other practices that have, um, you know, 80 or 90 percent of their patients who are over the age of 70, they're not getting it. So, you know, I still have questions as to how the state determines which providers get the vaccine and how much they get. Right. Um, we have a question here from from Sandy. Um, what happens if you can't get your second shot within the 42 days, um, which is the CDC recommended guidelines? Um, Joe, what uh, what do you think on that one? Well, that really shouldn't be happening, Sandy, because when you are going to get your first dose, they schedule you immediately for your second dose. They give you the card that they've been talked about. Um, and that should already have your appointment for when your second dose is uh, scheduled to, to be done. So they, they really shouldn't be having that problem with getting a second dose. 
And, and I think if you are dealing with the shortage that occurred, the Department of Health is telling people to prioritize second shots over first shots at this point, just to get those to get those in. Um, let me go to now. There's a couple of questions about uh, getting the phone number on the website, so we will get that to you. We'll drop that in the chat. Um, there, there's a question about who was who was. Um, replaced Dr. Levine because she had left. Um, Sam, you've talked to Allison, Acting Health Secretary Allison Beam a few times. Can you just let the folks know who, who she is and, and who's now driving the COVID response? Sure. So Allison Beam, as we just mentioned, she has kind of, she has replaced and is the acting secretary right now who replaced Dr. Levine. Um, you know, she's been working with the Department of Health. She has, you know, a background in healthcare management. Um, and something I think else that we have to see is since she's taken over, um, you know, there's been a lot more. We've seen how Sydney Finley, Cindy Finley is kind of one of the people in charge of vaccine distribution. We've seen a lot of other workers in the Department of Health kind of chiming in on that now in those in those questions. So we haven't seen. So that's kind of fair. We haven't maybe seen the same sort of, uh, you know, pressers or, you know, live interactions with Allison Beam, as we had seen with Dr. Levine before. Of course, that could just be, you know, based on, in a sense, her transition into this role. But um, yeah, she has been talking about how she is very concerned with, you know, getting things moving. One of the things that she's has done that I wanted to mention was she, you know, they did change who was able to distribute the vaccine. And that was something that she announced in one of her most recent press briefings, which primary care physicians are no longer kind of distributing that. It's, you know, big hospitals, it's federally qualified distributors, pharmacies, that sort of thing. Um, so right now I can really just give you the name. Yes, it's Allison Beam. She is taking over that role now. So I don't know if that helps much. And um, I'm going to take one more question and, and kind of gather all of these. There's a lot of frustration in the chat about people not being able to get vaccines for themselves or for their elderly parents. Um, Marion, you talked to a lot of folks last week at the um, at the first uh, Bucks County Clinic. What were some of the strategies that people were telling you um, regarding the how they got uh, an appointment? So um I, I spoke to a number of people who uh, had to, you know, navigate this very difficult process, and um, uh, they they had to wait in line. They had to call um, and email and register on dozens of, of provider sites, um, several Rite Aids, uh, hospitals inside and outside of Bucks County, uh, you know. Local pharmacies, like constantly calling. There was there was one woman from North Carolina. Her and her family were trying to get her ninety something year old mother uh, a vaccination. They they assembled a team of family members, divided the whole region by zip code, and made um, like calls every day. Um, of the forty providers, they heard back from three, but only got an appointment after two weeks of doing this. So if you're struggling, you are not alone. Should people be going, you know, to this length um, to get appointments? You know, likely not. Um, is it a supply issue? Yes, but um, but that I know that's not an answer that satisfies many people who are still trying to get their loved ones shots. So um, my best advice is what I'm hearing is to keep trying. Register with the county portal. 
Um, I'm finding that people are having success with the county portal. They're going to be getting more vaccines every week. Um, and But do not stop there. It is so very important to, to just keep keep calling and registering with all the providers that you see updated on the list that we will provide in the link um, because there are new providers that are being added um, to to that the state um, distribution list every week. And um, Kavine, did you have anything to add to that? Oh, there's also an organization that was started by a couple University of Pittsburgh students. Um, it's all volunteer run. It's called vaccinatepa.org. And what they do is they have volunteers who go through the provider list that the state puts out uh, every every uh, week. And they call to make sure and see, okay, do they have openings? Are they taking appointments? Are they taking wait lists? And that's actually a really good, uh, it's been a really good resource for people who are trying to find where they can, uh, where still is available and who's still updating with, uh, with, with appointments. And, you know, some providers, particularly uh, some of the health departments and Giant Eagles, they're not opening appointments until they have that vaccine in hand because the clock starts ticking when they puncture the, uh, when they puncture the vial. So they're, they're trying to get as many people in as possible in that six hours. Okay. And I'm actually asking um, Craig, who's in the background, to put up the Department of Health hotline as well as their website. Um, the website has a map of the latest providers where you can go. And again, um, they are suggesting that you sign up for as many as, many as you can. Um, that is all the time that we have today. And I apologize for the folks that we didn't get to your questions and uh, we will try to come back and answer them in chat. But I wanna thank everyone for participating and joining us today. Um, you can follow our COVID vaccine coverage on our websites and uh, where this week we're also starting a series looking back at COVID's impact on our lives over the past year. Yes, it's hard to believe that it has been almost a year, but March 6th is the anniversary of the first two cases in Pennsylvania. And join us again at noon next Tuesday to talk about COVID's impact on the business community and what it means for you. Thank you so much for joining us today.